pray. God, we uh, acknowledge that apart from you, we can do nothing. That uh, without your spirit, without your words, without uh, your hand on us, uh, we are completely and utterly helpless. God, even the last breath we took, we only took it because you said breathe. So God, we have nothing, only Jesus. So God, as we uh, come here today, as we, as we uh, reflect on your word, God, that you would be lifted up. Uh, God, through my words, that you would just, uh, God, just help me this morning. If there's words on my page that shouldn't be preached, uh, that uh, you'll stop them. Bring to mind those things that you, you need our, us to hear. God, if I do speak anything of, uh, that's wrong, that uh, you would just stop people's ears. God, as we sit here this morning, we know it's the work of the Holy Spirit that uh, we can only, I can only speak your words, but by the Spirit, <clears throat> we can only hear them, and your Spirit gives us ears to hear. So God, this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So we left uh, Jonah the other day. Uh, that's what we're talking about. You guys know the story of Jonah, right? Go to Nineveh, didn't want to go. Big ship, big storm. Everybody's there. They toss him overboard. The storm would stop. I'm giving you the Reader's Digest version. They yeah, literally toss him overboard. Storm stops. And then what happens? What happens to Jonah as he's floating? A big fish. And it says there that the Lord appointed a big fish to swallow Jonah. And his expectation, I think, when he got hurled into the water wasn't to be, have a big fish, right? Swallow him. Uh, but God in his mercy saved him. And, uh, you know, I, when Jonah's in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, and I have this picture in my mind of Maybe it was a flannel graph somewhere along in my childhood. Maybe it was something else of Jonah just sitting on the edge of the stomach of the fish with bones all around him, maybe a boat floating in front. You know, I don't know. Kind of like that, right? That was, that's my picture of Jonah in the fish. And then I got thinking about it as I thought of the picture. It actually wasn't the picture of Jonah I thought of. It was actually Pinocchio. So... <laughs> so there you go so anyway so I thought as you think about this poor this Jonah in the belly of the fish and he's there three days and three nights and he prayed to God from the belly of the fish saying I called out to the Lord out of my distress and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice for you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. Yet I shall again look upon your holy temple. The waters closed in over me to take my life. The deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the root of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord, my God. When my life was fainting away, I remembered the Lord. 
and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. Those who pay regard to vain idols forsake their hope of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. And the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. So I'd like to take a little time today just talking about prayer in light of Jonah's prayer. Uh, these are going to be broad brushstrokes, uh, a helicopter view of Jonah's prayer, a helicopter view of what prayer is. Uh, just in the interest of time, I don't think you guys want to be here forever, do you? No, no, I didn't think so. And so uh, this morning... I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, a confession, and at, in the most of the sermon, we're going to look at what is the, the, the posture of prayer, what is the purpose of prayer, and what is the power of prayer. Okay, so for those that want to go to sleep, you pretty well have it now, so we're good. I came from a history on my mother's side. My, my dad's mom, also a great woman of faith. But on my mother's side, they were known as prayer warriors. Okay? Uh, my uh, great aunt Flossie, that was her name, <laughs> Flossie. Uh, and she, uh, she was known as a prayer warrior and known for her, just for her love of who Jesus was and the Savior of her soul. Like this woman, and now I was little, and she died when I was little, but you would go and see her. She lived just down the road from my grandma, and it was my grandma's sister. And she would give you cookies, and all she would talk about is Jesus, even to us kids. That's what she just loved to talk about, Jesus. I remember my mother, uh, and she would sit daily, and we called it the cozy corner in my house because there was a wood stove in it. Okay, and, we would, and she would sit there, and she'd have this old, worn-out Bible in her hands, and her head would be bowed, and she would literally be praying, pleading uh, that God would bring salvation to my father, who didn't know Jesus. And she prayed and prayed and prayed for that. Um, her only hope was that he would one day walk into church with her. And for her, that never happened. But he remarried and started going to church with uh, my stepmom. So her prayer did come around that he did start to know and start to learn about who Jesus was. He always said he didn't go to church because he already heard that sermon, and that was it. She also prayed for her brothers and her sisters that didn't know, and she prayed daily for us that God would protect us and that God would save us. And her mother, my grandmother, she was a faithful warrior prayer because my mother learned it from her mother, right? So my grandmother, also a faithful woman of prayer, even though one of her greatest prayers was not answered, and that was one of her granddaughters would marry Doug Jarvis, the hockey player for the Montreal Canadiens, <laughs> now an assistant coach with the Vancouver Canucks. She loved Doug Jarvis. She and, she and, and Doug Jarvis, they would work at a camp together in the summer and she was a cook and she got to know 
him then when he was in the 70s and 80s when he was playing for the Montreal Canadiens. And so she kept saying to our, my sisters, and, oh, you have to meet, you have to marry Doug Jarvis. So that was her, that was her, one of her prayers. <laughs> However, I must admit, my prayers do seem at times when I pray to bounce off the ceiling or fall on deaf ears. Now, don't get me wrong, God has answered and heard many of my prayers, ones that I've spoken and even ones that I haven't. And what creates that feeling in me is sometimes as I, I just, I start to not believe. I start to believe things about God that aren't true. Uh, and the fruit of that can really turn my prayer life to being quite ineffectual and non-existent at times. As I think of this battle that I have, and it started many years ago when I was a child. Um, and, it, and that was when dinosaurs roamed the earth. I was about seven or eight. So, you know, it's a long time ago, maybe eight or nine. And uh, a single mom uh, of kids that were around seven and ten years old in our church, a close friend of my mother's, uh, got cancer. So we in our little Pentecostal church gathered to pray. And we prayed and we cried and we pleaded for her healing. And I prayed as well because I knew God could heal. And not long after, she passed away. So why did God not heal her? I was little, okay? So you think these things, right? Maybe we prayed. We said the right words. We prayed in Jesus' name. We were united in Christ. We checked all those boxes. But God didn't, he could have healed her, but he didn't. Was it because I didn't pray hard enough? Was it because I didn't have enough faith? Was it my reason, the, was my sin the reason? And I began to doubt, you know, is God good in all his ways? Is he kind? Is he powerful? Does he listen? And you say, Gord, grow up. You're an elder in the church. Why would you, like, how could you feel this way? But I think each one of us have a chink in our armor where the enemy just pokes to say, hey, maybe God didn't say that. And this is my chink. So I confess that every once in a while, when I forget to believe about what is true about God, I get a chink in my armor where the enemy pokes. And when I'm in that space, I get paralyzed with fear. Like I can't, I get to a point, I can't pray, oh God, uh, your will be done on earth as in heaven, in case God, in his wisdom and sovereignty, takes everything away, and I'm left shuffling down Main Street in my slippers. And that's it. So how do you, you know, so, but God, and I thank God for but God, being rich in mercy, does not, has not, and will not let me wallow in that place. He re rescues and reminds me of who I am in light of who he is, what he has done, that I am a child of God, 
co-heir with Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He allows the truth to dispel the lies. He heals and his kindness leads to repentance. I have to go back to basics. I have to. And so from Jonah's prayer, I kind of drew out three truths. The posture of prayer, strength and humility and weakness. The purpose of prayer, to glorify God. The power in prayer, God's words of truth. Um, Recall to mind what Stephanie said this morning. I do believe it was inspired. So what is the posture of prayer? So in verses, uh, verse 2 it says, 1 and 2, or yeah, verse 2, it says, I called out to the Lord in my distress, and he answered me. Out of the valley of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. And verse 3 says, and you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me, and all your waves and your billows passed over me. Jonah recognizes that God was in control of everything. That uh, although he was running away and his actions were this, it was end up God was the one. It was his billows. It was his waves. It was his, his flood that surrounded him. And he says, you know, and it goes around, the, route, I was, the deep surrounded me, the weeds around my head, the bars were closed, he brought me to the pit. He, he was just completely and utterly helpless. Because he was like, I'm at the bottom. I'm I'm dead in this water. All of all things in his own dependence was upon God. In Psalm 88, verses 4 to 7, he says, I am accounted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength, like one set loose among the dead, like the slain that he, he in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions of dark and deep, your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. In Lamentations 3, 55, I called on your name, O Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. There's a desperation there. Do not close your ear to my cry for help. You came near when I called on you, and you said, do not fear Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And in Psalm 51, verse 17, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. The posture of prayer is humility and fear to ascribe to God his awesomeness, God, the creator of all things, Christ who sustains the universe by the word of his power, the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness and gives us the words to pray. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, Isaiah is given a glimpse of heaven. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. 
and the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the voice was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord, L-O-R-D, capital of hosts. When Isaiah was confronted with the holy, holy, holy God, his response was, woe to me. And he bowed down because he, he was utterly and completely helpless at the feet and sitting in the throne room and just hearing the angels, myriads and myriads of angels saying, holy, holy, holy. Because Isaiah recognized he had nothing to bring God. And so when the angel came down with the coal and touched his lips, the grace that came there, the grace that he was given. I always think of uh, Job, uh, the poor guy, where everything was taken away from him. And maybe that's where I get the image of, of, of everything taken away and me walking down the street in my fuzzy slippers in the rain. Mm-hmm. Um, so Job, everything was taken away, and his friends are trying to convince him of all sorts of things. And then, and Job is like going, hey, no, I, I didn't do anything. Like, like, I don't know why this is happening to me. And then in about the middle of the book of Job, uh, in chapter 23, Job kind of gets a little haughty. And he says, uh, in chapter 23, he says, Today also my complaint is bitter, and my hand is heavy on account of my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him, that I may come even to his seat. I would lay my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know that what he would answer me, and I understand what he would say to me. Would he contend with me in the greatness of his power? No, he would pay attention to me. A few chapters later, God answers Job. So Job has gone through all of this. He is a mess. He's got nothing. He has nothing. There's sores all over him. He's sitting there in ashes and dust. And he's just, you know, God, why is this happening to me? And God comes to him in chapter 38. Now, if you want to read the power and the majesty of God, read 38 to 42 in Job. Because Job is sitting there going, why, God? And you couldn't answer me. And, Job, and the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, now just picture that, a whirlwind, who is this that darkens my counsel by words with knowledge? Dress for action like a man, and I will question you when you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Who laid the cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Who? You tell me. God comes to him out of a whirlwind and says, Job, who are you to claim? I did it. I created it. Were you there? And Job's response in chapter 42. And Job answered the Lord saying, 
I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that high counsel without knowledge? Therefore I've uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Hear, and I will speak. I will question you, and you make it known to me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. That's the posture of prayer. Because we have nothing that we can bring. I'm bombarded on the internet feeds, Facebook. I should just get rid of it. Anyway, I'm bombarded. It says, you know, get this feed from this person that's a friend-ish. And, and they, it'll have this, if you share this prayer, then God will bless you. Or give you riches, or money, or whatever. Or if you uh, pray this prayer, God will have to do what you want. Or... Uh, one of my favorite ones on TV is follow the instructions on the new and improved miracle water. Not just miracle water, new and improved miracle water. And I don't think the God who shakes the thresholds of the earth, the God who descends in thunder, the God of the whirlwind, the God of Isaiah 6, the creator of the heavens and the earth, cannot be manipulated or cajoled or negotiated with. Our posture in prayer is on our face knowing that it is only because of God that we even took our last breath. So what is the purpose of prayer? The purpose of prayer is to give glory and honor to God alone. There are many types of prayers. There's prayers of petition and intercession. There's prayers for healing. There's prayers for confession. There's prayers of praise. There's prayers of thanksgiving. There's prayers of adoration or blessing. But regardless of the prayer, the glory of God is the sole purpose of the prayer. Let's just read. Paul wrote beautiful prayers. I'm just going to read one in Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 14. I lied to you, Burn. I wrote 15 down. But it's really short. It says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in earth and heaven are his named, and according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all understanding, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do more than, far more abundantly than all we can ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul's prayer just takes God and Jesus and just lifts them up. Just raises them up. The purpose of prayer is to not to get something to God, like some heavenly Pez dispenser. The purpose of prayer is to lift God up and cry out, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. The glory of God is to worship and enjoy the true reality of who God is, and that's what our prayers should do. 
He is creator, sustainer, he's holy, provider, redeemer, rescuer, father, son, spirit, kind, good, patient, just, steadfast, long-suffering, love. And that list could go on and on and on of who God is. The glory of God is all those words summed up. It's everything, the true and full reality of who God is. It's, his, it's who he is named. And my list just touched the surface. And, he, and as Jonah's praying, at the very end of his prayer, he just says, and salvation belongs to the Lord. He just lifts up the glory of God. So I'm going to take you back to the story of the single mom who passed away. We prayed for when we prayed for healing. We prayed with faith with God with heal. And he did. Because God is the healer. And he sent his son Jesus into the world to heal it and to heal the sickness that we have, our sickness of our soul unto death. He lived the perfect, sinless life on our behalf. He was crucified and sacrificed to satisfy the justice of God and to deal with our sins. He was buried and on the third day rose again, leaving all of our sins, all of my sin and your sins, past, present, and future, in the grave, dead, gone, forgotten. Remember, he says, and I'll remember their sins no more. And we are holy and blameless in his sight because we are clothed in the life and death of righteousness of Christ. And he sent his Holy Spirit to dwell within us to empower us to live a holy life as we are transformed from one degree of glory to another. And he will come again and he will create a new heaven and a new earth where all who are his children will live for eternity where there will be no more sickness, no more crying, no more death, no more mourning. And that's the good news. So was that woman healed? A thousand times yes. And God was lifted up. Her kids are grown now. And both love Jesus. They were raised by their grandma and grandpa who loved Jesus. God got the glory the circumstances didn't change. You've got to remember, when Jonah's in the belly of the fish, did you ever hear him pray, God, get me out of the belly of the fish? He didn't pray that. He said that salvation belongs to the Lord. I think he was resigned to the fact he was going to stay in the belly of the fish. But God, in his mercy, puked him up on dry land. I still have that picture. I couldn't find that on the internet of a guy getting puked up on a beach. It's got to be really messy looking. I digress. But God gets the glory. The power of prayer, and this is, doesn't my words, I think this came from Timothy Keller or John Piper. The power of prayer is that we hear God speak. As you look at Jonah's prayer, you will say, God's pretty well silent. You don't hear God say, like in, jo in like Job, where he says, hey, Job, right? In Job's, Jonah's prayer, you'd say, God is silent. 
but I'd actually say that God is actually doing most of the talking. I'm not going to read all these because it's going to be a long time and we don't really want to do that today. But Lamentations 3, Psalm 118, Psalm 88, Psalm 42, Psalm 31, 1 Kings 5, Psalm 50, and Psalm 3 where he says salvation belongs to the Lord. The whole prayer is God speaking because it's his words that Jonah is praying to him. The first person to speak when we pray must be God. John 15, 5 to 9. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do almost some things. No. <laughs> apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned but if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you and by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples as the father has loved me so I have loved you Abide in my love. Our empowered prayers are rooted, like Jonah's, in God's word. God can, God can speak audibly. I truly believe that. Uh, yes. But ordinarily, if you want or need to hear God speak, it's here. You know, do you, do you guys in Sunday school... Do you memorize, do you guys have to memorize verses out of the Bible? No? Oh, that's a good one. I had to. I did this one. My mother taught it along with this other lady, and they made us memorize at least five verses every week. And we had to do this thing for two years, and I was your age. It took a lot of work. But in the end, because I knew those verses in my mind, I could pray them. Now... Well, they come to mind, I can pray them. So think about that. Because when we pray God's words back to God, our prayer will be aligned to the truth of who God is, and God will receive all the glory. So today, I just gave some very broad brush strokes about prayer. That our posture is our head down in humility and in strength in the weakness and in strength that only God can give us. We're both broken and contrite. The purpose is that God would be lifted up and glorified and honored and that we will enjoy him and the fuel of our prayer is abiding in his words. Pretty simple. So let's pray. God, we are your children. And we come to you this morning 
and you are our Father. We come to you today with our warts and our scars and our wrinkles and our sin and our brokenness. In ourselves, we, can, we bring nothing. But God, you sent your Son, Jesus, who uh, came and died and rose again, lived a life that we might be able to enter into your throne room clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And we stand before you holy and blameless. God, we pray that you would be just lifted up today as we, uh, as we sing. God, that you would receive all the glory. Forgive those times when uh, I get in the way. And God, we thank you for your word that gives us uh, the words to pray. That we could abide in you. So God, as we, uh, today, as you would just remind us of who we are in light of who you are, help us, help me in my unbelief. I believe so God as we are today we would just uh, continue to work in our hearts and we could be like Jonah and we could pray with confidence that salvation belongs to the Lord Amen